Dear loving Father in heaven, thank you Lord for the privilege of life and your goodness in our lives. Blessed be thy holy name, O Lord. We want you to give us the grace also as you have blessed us with life that you would also bless us with your spirit that we may bring honor and glory to your name by you being instruments by which your will will be done on this earth. We pray Lord that as we study the words of our devotion today that your spirit shall impress on our hearts areas of this lesson that is important for us based on our different peculiarities and our individualities that we may see lessons that will build us up into the image of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. I pray, Father, that you grant me of your spirit and put your words in my mouth, that we may learn more of you through these words. In Jesus' name I've prayed. Amen. Conflict and Courage, October 12. Secret Interview He saved us, not because of deeds done by us in righteousness, but in virtue of his own mercy, by the washing of regeneration and renewal in the Holy Spirit. Titus chapter 3 verse 5 Nicodemus held a high position of trust in the Jewish nation. He was highly educated and possessed talents of no ordinary character, and he was an honored member of the National Council. With others, he had been stirred by the teaching of Jesus. He greatly desired an interview with Jesus, but shrank from seeking him openly. He waited until the city was hushed in slumber and then sought him. Rabbi, he said, we know that thou art a teacher come from God. His words were designed to express and to invite confidence, but they really expressed unbelief. He did not acknowledge Jesus to be the Messiah, but only a teacher sent from God. Jesus bent his eyes upon the speaker as if reading his very soul. In his infinite wisdom, he saw before him a seeker after truth. He came directly to the point, saying solemnly, yet kindly, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born from above, he cannot see the kingdom of God. John chapter 3, verse 3. Nicodemus had heard the preaching of John the Baptist concerning repentance and baptism, yet the heart-searching message of the Baptist had failed to work in him conviction of sin. He was a strict Pharisee and prided himself on his good works. He was widely esteemed for his benevolence and his liberality in sustaining the temple service, and he felt secure of the favor of God. He was startled at the thought of a kingdom too pure for him to see in his present state. By virtue of his birth as an Israelite, he regarded himself as sure of a place in the kingdom of God. He felt that he needed no change, hence his surprise at the Savior's words, 
he was irritated by their close application to himself. The pride of the Pharisee was struggling against the honest desire of the seeker after truth. Amen. The title of our devotion for today is Secret Interview and what an interesting devotion this is going to be. Our key text is taken from the book of Titus chapter 3 verse 5. It says, He saved us, not because of deeds done by us in righteousness, but in virtue of His own mercy, by the washing of regeneration and renewal in the Holy Spirit. Amen. This part of our devotion focuses on a man called Nicodemus. And in Nicodemus, we are going to look at a character, not just the man, but a character of people who think that because of their good works, their deeds done, or because of their affiliation to a certain church, then they are saved. The case of Jesus in relation to the Jews, the priests, the scribes, and the Pharisees is the same thing as the case of many who are misled by their religious profession when they encounter the truth. All of us in one way or another are living over the same experience with Jesus when he was here on earth. There is one case or the other that applies to us among all the stories of those who had an acquaintance with Jesus. We may be the uneducated and bigoted like the multitude of the Jews, or you may represent the criminal and thief like Matthew, or even the thief on the cross who accepted Jesus, or you can be a hardened criminal like the thief that reviled Jesus and did not accept him. Your case may be like those who hold religious or political position, or your case may be like the adulterous woman who was brought to Jesus and was to be stoned, or you may be like Mary who had this secret sin that she was struggling with. Or you may be the Judas. One case or the other applies to you as we read the story, the numerous encounters that Jesus had with various characters. Don't, don't focus on the names of the people, just focus on the character because in us we find these same characters. And the reason these lessons are, these stories are written is for us to see when our character encounters the truth, Jesus. What do we expect and what are we to do? What lessons can we learn when the character meets Jesus? There is at least one case in which we fall into and all these things were written for our learning upon whom the ends of the world are come, so that we through patience and comfort of the scriptures might have hope. So let's go into it. Today we'll be looking at the truth, Jesus, encountering those who have a false religious security. Nicodemus represents a man that had a false religious security and there are many today who have a false religious security. Nicodemus was a man with a good heart. He had done a lot of good works for the church. Though not as bigoted and hypocritical as the other Pharisees, he had a wrong perception as to how he may be in the kingdom of God. He was proud of his good works and his heritage as a Jew. He believed salvation secured by good works and by entitlement as a Jew. That's how he believed that salvation was secured, by his heritage or ancestry or by the good works he was doing. But when he came face to face with the truth, with him who is the way, the truth and the life, and there he learned the bitter sweet truth of his condition and standing with God. You can imagine that Nicodemus had heard the preaching of John the Baptist. Do you remember that Pharisees and, uh, came to John the Baptist when he was preaching? And, and, and John the Baptist spoke to them and called them brood of vipers who warned you to flee from the wrath to come. 
You know why? The Pharisees always considered themselves as people who already have two legs in heaven. They looked at themselves as so spiritually secure, higher than the rest of the multitude. The Pharisees looked at themselves as people who would tell the rest of the Jews what to do and what not to do in order to be in the kingdom of God. So, for you to be in that position, then they had this mindset that they were already in the kingdom. When John the Baptist came with his preaching, to, to go to be baptized by John the Baptist would be to acknowledge that you are sinful just like the rest of the multitude, to acknowledge that you are not to be in the kingdom of God because John the Baptist was clearly saying, repent and be baptized. For what purpose? So that you will be in the kingdom of God. But these people already consider themselves to be in the kingdom of God. So to come out and be baptized by John or by Jesus would mean that you are acknowledging and admitting that you were not even in the kingdom of God before, that you are a sinner. It's just like a preacher today who is preaching in the church and an altar call is made. And those who have carried themselves like people who are righteous and holy, and the altar call is made that if you know you have been involved in this particular sin, come out and consecrate yourself to God. If you know that you are a sinner and you want to be in the kingdom of God, come out. And then you see this pastor come out. And you see this elder come out. And you see this other bishop come out. The people will look at the bishop and the pastor like, oh, so you are a sinner too. And you've been parading yourself like you are not like us. This was the pride that Nicodemus had. And this was the pride that the Pharisees had. Nicodemus wanted to know. Does it mean I am not in the kingdom of God with all my good works and the fact that I am a Pharisee? And so he came to have this secret interview with Jesus. Reading from John chapter 3 from verse 1 to 3, it says, There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. You see that? He was a ruler of the Jews, not just a Pharisee, but he was well positioned and was wealthy. It says, The same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God, for no man can do these miracles that thou doest except God be with him. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Have you ever read this passage and wondered to yourself, how does what Jesus said now connect with what Nicodemus said to him? Nicodemus didn't even ask him a question. Why is it that Jesus is telling him this? It is because Jesus was not answering what Nicodemus said with his mouth. He was answering what was in Nicodemus' mind and his head. Reading from Conflict and Courage, page 291, paragraph 5, it says, Jesus bent his eyes upon the speaker, as if reading his very soul. In his infinite wisdom, he saw before him a seeker after truth. He came directly to the point, saying solemnly yet kindly, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born from above, he cannot see the kingdom of God. John chapter 3 verse 3, end of quote. Nicodemus understood what Jesus was saying here. Jesus was virtually saying to him, Man, you are far from the kingdom. Only one thing can secure for you a place in the kingdom of God, and that thing is not your profession, your education, your ancestry, your membership in a church, or your good works. If you think that these things mean anything with God or they hold any weight with Him, you are sadly mistaken and will not be in the kingdom of God except you are born again. You are as far from the kingdom of God as the east is from the west. Reading from Conflict and Courage, page 291, paragraph 7, we are told, By virtue of his birth as an Israelite, Nicodemus regarded himself as sure of a place in the kingdom of God. He felt that he needed no change. Hence, his surprise at the Savior's words. 
he was irritated by their close application to himself. The pride of the Pharisee was struggling against the honest desire of the seeker after truth. End of quote. Why is this the case? The lesson Jesus was trying to teach Nicodemus is an invaluable lesson that should be directed to many professed Christians today. Would that all professed Christians would secure a secret interview with the truth as it is in Jesus. They would hear him saying to them, stop singing those songs that make you think that you are saved because of your church membership or affiliation. Oh, I am so glad he made me to be this church or that church. And then you think that that's what secures for you a place in God's kingdom. You are far from the kingdom except you are born again. Your security is vain if you think that you are entitled a place in my kingdom because your pastor told you that being a member of his church will save you. you we do not have a sure place in God's kingdom by virtue of our church affiliation or our religious profession. Good works cannot procure for our salvation. We are not entitled to be in the kingdom of God because of whatever good thing we think we have done for the church or because of the church we claim to belong to. Today many people are taught or just by themselves they think that they are entitled to be in the kingdom of God. But we must be clear on this matter. Our church denomination or affiliation does not qualify us to be in the kingdom of God. It is only by a life of purity and holiness that we can see the kingdom of God. There are many who will even go as far as feeling like the kingdom of God is about a so-called Ark of Noah and that church membership has weight with God. The way we define church membership is not the way God defines it and unless we change our mindset and our definition of what it means to be a member of God's fold to mean exactly what God means, we will have false perceptions and these false perceptions will lead to false actions and negative feelings towards ourselves and towards others. What do I mean? If you think that because of your church affiliation, your bishop, pope, pastor has told you that this is where this is this church is the gate of heaven it's only through this church that we can enter into the kingdom of god then you would start to think that those who are not in your church cannot be in the kingdom of god and that's what i mean by having negative feelings towards others and when somebody for example is not falling in line with whatever you think is going on in your church you start to see them as if oh they have left the kingdom of god you start to have a wrong mindset. What if you see them in heaven? Will you be in the same kingdom of them? Since in the same kingdom with them, since you thought that they are not of the same fold with yourself, how then can you relate with them? You start to have negative feelings towards them. Do not think that what secures a kingdom of God for you is your services to God. I'll read now from Last Day Events, page 172, paragraph 1 and 2. It says, It is a solemn statement that I make to the church that not one in 20 whose names are registered upon the church books are prepared to close their earthly history and will be as verily without God and without hope in the world as the common sinner. Those who have had opportunities to hear and receive the truth and who have united with any church at all but in context now Seventh-day Adventist church calling themselves the commandment keeping people and not just seven, any church Catholic church Anglican church any church at all those who have received the truth and unite yourself with any church and you call yourself 
specifically now the commandment keeping people of God and yet you possess no more vitality and consecration to God than do the nominal churches will receive the plagues of God just as verily as the churches who oppose the law of God end of quote did you get that who does the Bible tell us are those that receive the plagues go and read the book of Revelation chapter 16 and Revelation chapter 15 and check the plagues of God and especially I would say Revelation 14 reading from verse 9 the plagues which is the wrath of God is poured out not on denominations do not think oh I'm, I'm in this church therefore the plagues of God will not be upon me and I will receive his seal no the plagues of God fall on characters it falls on people who are not keeping the commandments of God those who will not fall in line with his principles those who will not be born again that is how we determine who is God's church it is not by your affiliation and and your association with any church or having your name written down in one book or the other that belongs to a particular church now why is it the case that church membership does not secure membership in God's kingdom it is for the simple reason that God is not interested in such shallow things but in deep things of our character if church membership means that we live by the word then church membership would have some weight but that is not what church membership means that's not the case people are deceived and lulled into a carnal security like Nicodemus and I would that these words would wake them up from their sleep why does church membership mean nothing hear the following words from sermons and talks volume 2 page 332 paragraph 7 and down to 333 it says the churches of today take note not just one church the churches of today have become converted to the customs and practices of the world no longer are they the peculiar holy people who are representatives of Jesus Christ let me stop and say you know people sing today oh we are a chosen generation I know who I am I know who God says I am and all those kind of things man don't deceive yourself you are a chosen generation a royal priesthood then what's the next statement a holy nation holiness is not by saying it with your mouth holiness means to live in harmony with the will and the commandments of God John himself said in the book of first John chapter 6 chapter 3 reading from verse 6 he says whosoever abideth in him sinneth not whosoever sinneth has not seen him neither known him let no man deceive you he that doeth righteousness is righteous even as he is righteous but he that committed sin is of the devil for this reason did the son of man come that he might destroy the works of the devil and then he says whosoever is born of god doth not commit sin that is what it means to be born again and if you are still engaged in church services, doing a lot of good works, oh, I gave my car over to the church to be used for his glory, or oh, I gave them my land to build a church, or oh, I even donated huge sums of money for the church to be built, and I supported this particular service or that particular service in the work of God, and then you are thinking that that will secure you a place in the kingdom of God, and then you sit down in your house, scrolling through the television, watching the filth out of there, the worldly music, engaging the same entertainments of the world, you are converted to the customs and practices of the world and thinking that you will be saved and that you are what makes you any better than the world because of the money you gave to the church why would you deceive yourself like this don't deceive yourself if you have the same character with the world why would you go to a different place from the world why do you think heaven will be secured for you because of money the money is the lord's own it's not your own you cannot help god in any way 
It is the Lord who is helping you and even giving you the privilege to be of service and to be a co-laborer with him. So that will not secure you a place in the kingdom of God. And I'm trying to answer the question why it is that church membership will not secure a place for us in the kingdom of God. And I was reading from Sermons and Talks, Volume 2, page 332, Paragraph 7, that churches of today have become converted to the customs and practices of the world. No longer are they the peculiar holy people who are a representative of Jesus Christ. Said the apostle, let every soul be subject unto the higher powers, for there is no power but of God. The powers that be are ordained of God. Whosoever therefore resisted the power, resisted the ordinance of God, and they that resist shall receive to themselves damnation. Ministers and all others who are connected with the church of God should obey this injunction, for if they do not obey God's word, if they do not present their bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is their reasonable service, although their names may be registered on the church books, they are not written in the Lamb's book of life. Did you get that? Your name may be written in church books, but if you are not converted, your name is not in the Lamb's book of life. Looking upon the church members who are using the narcotic tobacco, God says to them, Be ye clean, that bear the vessels of the Lord. Isaiah 52 verse 11. End of quote. Then, now what do we do? Like Nicodemus, we may also be of the class who pride on our past attainments. It is very sad to see some who on their dying beds narrate how they have served God by doing church work and no one can take it from them and there that they did serve God in some church capacity or the other and that it's a good thing. But it is wrong for us to think that these services are what will secure a place for us in the kingdom of God. I've seen people who are dying from alcoholism, dying from tobacco smoking, and then they claim, but why did God allow this to happen to me? I served him. I did this to him. I, I helped him in the service. And, this, and then they are thinking that that would be a reason for God to take away sickness from them or even to give them a place in his kingdom. For such people, I say, come to a secret interview with God. And what is this secret interview that Nicodemus had with Jesus? It is for you to take your Bible and read for yourself to find out like Nicodemus, what do, do I need to do to be in the kingdom of God? That was what Nicodemus came to find out. Stop listening to what anybody is telling you. Come and read and you will hear Jesus say to you, except you are born again, you cannot be in the kingdom of God. Come to a secret interview with Jesus and know the truth as it is in Jesus. You will find that it is only he who is faithful till the end that will be saved. And faithfulness is not about church activities, but about a life of purity and holiness. Reading Testimonies, Volume 5, page 278, paragraph 2, and down what it says. Some who have been channels of light, whose hearts have been made glad by the precious light of truth, have denied that truth by assimilating to the world. They have thus lost the spirit of self-sacrifice and the power of the truth, and have depended for happiness upon unstable things of earth. They are in great peril. Having once rejoiced in the light, they will be left in total darkness unless they speedily gather up the rays that are still shining upon them and return to the Lord with repentance and confession. We are in a day of peril when error and deception are captivating the people who will warn the world. 
who will show them the better way unless those who have had the light of truth are sanctified through it and shall let their light so shine that others may see their good works and glorify God. I wish I could impress upon all the danger that they, they are in of losing heaven. Joining the church is one thing and connecting with Christ is quite another. Not all the names registered in the church books are registered in the Lamb's Book of Life. Many, though apparently sincere believers, do not keep up a living connection with Christ. They have enlisted, they have entered their names on the register, but the inner work of grace is not wrought in the heart. As the result, they are not happy and they make hard work of serving God. With what judgment you judge, he shall be judged. Remember that your brethren are fallible creatures like yourself and regard their mistakes and errors with the same mercy and forbearance that you wish them exercise towards you. Okay, so it says finally, as the result, they are not happy and they make hard work of serving God. End of quote. The time in which Nicodemus lived were the last years given to Judah to bring about an end to iniquity and bring in everlasting righteousness as prophesied by Daniel. It is the same time for us, and we have only but a few short years, both of our short lives and also for this world to remain. The Lord will come soon. And then we will know those who belong to God. And like we read right now, connecting with the church is different from connecting with Christ. Oh, I wish I could say more to explain this. I just wish your mind could understand it. Look at the days of Jesus. Jesus was a man who was not a priest. He was not a Pharisee. Same thing with John the Baptist. But then they were preaching the message of repentance from sin. But these Pharisees like Nicodemus were feeling like we're already in the kingdom of God. We don't need any change in our lives. And yet, John the Baptist was singling out the sin one by one and telling them exactly what he wanted them to repent, to, to repent of. But they would not change. They felt secure. Will you feel secure too? We are living at the last days. And they also, the Pharisees, were living in the last days for, for the Jews. And we need to hear the words spoken to us now reading from general conference daily bulletin march 2 1897 paragraph 13 and 14 hear these words it says this is the final judgment let the senses of all be aroused for many whose names now appear on the church books are not the children of god in the books of heaven it is recorded of them thou art found in the balance and at thou art weighed in the balances and art found wanting let every church in our land arouse to the importance of studying the word of God that is having a secret interview like Nicodemus and with much earnest prayer, not stand afar off but draw nigh to God. The promise is he will draw nigh to you. Then you may keep life in your souls and obtain a sound experience. Then you will not be of that class of whom it is written and because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. Let the Lord come into your houses and into your hearts. Every talent entrusted to us is to be used and approved in accordance with the will of the giver. Days, months and years are added, are added to our existence that we may improve our opportunities and advantages for working out our own individual salvation and promoting the well-being of others by our unselfish life. Thus may we build up the kingdom of Christ and make manifest the glory of God. End of quote. So, we are 
taking note of the shortness of time as a reason why we need to come out of this carnal security and have that secret interview with God to bring about a change in our lives. Reading also from Testimonies Volume 9, page 48, it says, Let church members bear in mind that the fact that their names are registered on the church books will not save them. They must show themselves approved of God, workmen that need not be ashamed. Day by day, they are to build their characters in accordance with Christ's directions. They are to abide in Him, constantly exercising faith in Him. Thus, they will grow up to the full stature of men and women in Christ, wholesome, cheerful, grateful Christians led by God into clearer and still clearer light. If this is not their experience, they will be among those whose voices will one day be raised in the bitter lamentation, the harvest is past. The summer is ended and my soul is not saved. Why did I not flee to the stronghold for refuge? Why have I trifled with my soul's salvation and done despite to the spirit of grace?" End of quote. The lesson for us today is very clear. And as I have emphasized it over and over again, I pray that the Holy Spirit is impressing on your heart your need for repentance. Repentance towards God. And in our subsequent devotion, we will talk about what it means to be born again and how it is done. And I pray that God will give us the grace to, at least for today, realize this lesson. That all the services we do in the church and all our church affiliation and inheritance and all will not secure for us a place in God's kingdom. Like Jesus said, except you are born again, you cannot be in his kingdom. At least today, come to that realization and stop having that thought in your mind that it is through my church that I'll enter into the kingdom of God and that as my name is registered there and I do so many good works, giving the church so much money to do this and to do that, that alone will secure for me the kingdom of God. Please, come out of that carnal security and understand what it means for us to be in the kingdom of God by being born again. May the Lord bless us as we come out of that mindset and try to understand what it means for our name to be in the Lamb's book of life because that is what matters. So, go for that secret interview with Jesus by studying the Bible and ask the same question, what shall I do to inherit the kingdom of God? And the Lord will certainly give you an answer as he gave to Nicodemus. Let us pray. Thank you, dear Father, for the words you have spoken to us today. I pray, Father, that you would cut us off from the kind of security that makes us think we are saved just by our good works or our church affiliation. And help us, Lord, to have a secret interview. And as we have that interview, Lord, as we have just had it, I pray for your children who have listened, that we all may understand that it is not a denominational thing to be in the kingdom of God, but it is about our character. And help us, Lord, to understand what that character is and give us the grace to have our characters formed into the image of God that we may be in your kingdom at last. In Jesus' name I've prayed. Amen.